Welcome back. 1061 ESPN Matt Joseph's here. Uh, cut down day by tomorrow, 4 o'clock, as the teams have to get down to 53 players. They have to do it all now, one foul swoop, as opposed to before. They could do it over a three uh, span where they cut down a bunch of guys. Uh, so teams are making their cuts and uh, getting ready for week one of the NFL season. Joining us now, you can hear the John Kime Report Sundays at 10 a.m. here on 1061 ESPN. John Kime. John, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Doing well, John. First, I want to confirm, you will not be quarterbacking for Arizona week one, right? <laughs> I don't know. They, I, you know, they haven't, my phone is still, it hasn't rung yet, so I'm guessing not, but who knows? I mean, that that's going to be, listen, if they don't win that game now, it's, you know, you're done. So that's, that's, that's a layup W now. It should be. I mean, what do you think of what Arizona's trying to do? They're openly tanking, and do you think Washington Caleb should maybe... Williams. Well, yeah, but they also have Kyler <laughs> Murray on a very odd contract coming up that they're well, going to be t- attached to. Well, maybe. This is a different staff, too, and I'd have to see the details of the contract, um, but, you know, I don't. I can't imagine that this group... If I, even, even if he has that contract, I'm still taking Caleb Williams, period. If you or if you think that's the guy, I'm taking him. I don't care what his contract is. You can, you know, it, yes, it's bad, but like I want that quarterback. That's this guy. This staff did not draft him, so I don't. I don't think it preclude him. And I don't. I'd have to see when they can get out of it. Usually, it's a few years. Um, so we'll see. If you're Washington, would you call Arizona for anybody? Would you call for Buda no. Baker? Oh, for Buda Baker, um, I don't. I don't know. I. I mean. They kind of have a decent secondary, so I don't know. Like, yes, he would be helpful, but you have a guy that does a lot of stuff, like in Camp Curl, right? So I don't, you know, I don't know what I give up. If you're calling on other teams, I'm calling on linemen. That's where you need help. So you know, or or if they have another linebacker somewhere, something like that. <clears throat> but the secondary is should be pretty good. So they've made their first round of releases slash cuts right now, and it's pretty much guys that we kind of thought would make it. Were there any surprises so far uh, of the releases? No. The only surprise was Braden Daniels, their rookie tackle drafted in the fourth round, being placed on injured reserve. He, he's a guy that they knew would take time to develop. Athletic, so that's why they took him in the fourth round, and you could debate whether that was a good pick or not. I mean, you know, Time will tell, but um, him being on the roster, to be honest, would have would have been an issue because I don't think he would have been ready to play. So he would have been your fourth tackle. If you're if he, if one if something happens to one of your top tackles, now he's your top backup, and I don't think that's the position they wanted to be in. But you can't just fake injuries anymore. Not the way you used to. He tore his rotator cuff, so it's a legit injury. Um, but this allows them to keep him around, let him develop w- away from, you know, the games, and then get him into camp next year. Um, and meanwhile, keeping maybe a veteran tackle in Trent Scott, who would warrant more of a roster spot than, than Daniels, or, or would have more of an ability to go in a game and help them than Daniels would have. Any of these guys today practice squad material <clears throat> or no? Typically, if you're cutting them now, Probably not. So you like the one guy a lot of people like is Jared Patterson. Good story, tough kid, everything. But 
he's not better than the guys that were ahead of him. And that's why he was cut today. Now, could he come find his way back? Sure. But they also they still have guys like Derek Gore and Jonathan Williams. Those guys are ahead of him, and I think they'd like to keep one of those two guys around if possible. So, yeah, I don't see I don't see those guys making the active roster. But I think they'd be more likely for a practice squad. But and the reason that's why, like a lot of the guys um, who will be on the practice squad will be released tomorrow because it gives teams a, a one fewer day to bring them back. That's typically how it goes, but not always. So Patterson, I would say you'd always have a chance because you never know. Like, what if they cut Williams and Gore and both get picked up? Well, then you bring Patterson back, or you know. But but yeah, that yeah. So where do you think the toughest group is going to be for them to make decisions? Defensive line and receiver. And, you know, and I think like defensive line, it's all about do you keep 10 or 11? If you keep 11, then it's easy. Um, the 11 are there. Uh, the, the question is, if you only want to keep 10 and keep five linebackers, then who's the, who's the odd man out? Because they drafted two guys, K.J. Henry in the fifth round and Andre Jones in the seventh. Jones has flashed as a pass rusher. Henry shows, you know, some power. He's more of a bull rusher. Jones flashes more. He's a little bit flashier. Then it's James Smith Williams or Casey Tuhill. And Tuhill got a lot of, you know, he was typically ahead in the rotation of Smith Williams. They're different players. One is more twitchy or more athletic, and that would be Tuhill than, than James Smith Williams. But Smith Williams, they start working him inside. So I think he's got a couple roles he could fill inside, like on pass downs. So I think, they, I think they'll keep 11. That's not a guarantee. And Dejon Harris could be your fifth linebacker, but I think you could also probably get him on the practice squad. Um, that's so. That's one area to watch. Do they keep ten or eleven defensive linemen? Then receiver. You know, you have the Kaz Allen. I think would have made it, and I don't know if he won't now. But going into that game, I think he was. I was told trending in the right direction. Then he has a bad game. Muff punt, two drops. It's really hard to then go trust him to be ready for. If you're fielding the punt, he has never fielded punts before now. So if you put him back there against Arizona, let's say it's inside the 10, just like the other night, you muff it, and now this time you lose it. Well, that's, you know, he's it's it's hard. You have to be able to trust a guy to return the ball. That's where I think some of that, that's where the damage was with him the other night. Um, so then who returns it? Does Dax Mill return it? He's got experience. Byron Pringle's a guy that they've talked about. He hasn't returned punts in the NFL, has done it in college. So do you, where, where do you go there? Dax Mill, we've seen what he can do. He's not dynamic after after the catch or after he gets the field a punt, but he does catch it. And then Mitchell Tinsley is the other guy that a lot of people talk about because he had a couple of nice games in the preseason. The hard part is where does he, you know, he's not a fast receiver. He's not like this future standout. He's a guy that has some size. He's 6'1", good hands, catches well in traffic. But he's not. He's a four six forty guy. So when you put him, like you right now, we watched him against backups and guys who are going to get cut, and he did a nice job. That's all he can do, right? You know, that's what he has to do to get noticed. So he's put himself in position where maybe if they kept seven, he might be one of them. But I think you know, the question is, do they feel like they can get him on a practice squad? And every year, man, we every year we hear about guys who have a good summer and fans are like, oh. They're going to lose this guy. Every team's got a guy like this that they say, you know, you can't explain. You might lose him, but everybody's dealing with guys like this. So typically they don't lose guys. 
when they put him out there. They just they just haven't. Um, but he's one that you would watch. Like has, you know, he did a nice job. I've heard his name a lot. I don't know where he'd help on special teams as opposed to Milne as a returner. Pringle, I think, can help you a little bit there. Um, and Allen could be would be as a returner only. So that's the question for him. I assume tight end. It's an easy three, right? There's nobody for. There's not yeah, a fourth guy. Yeah. The, no, the only thing that would be there is if um, Alex Arma, the fullback slash tight end, would be considered. You could have him as a fourth back or as a fourth tight end. I also think you can cut him to save someone else and then make another move later to bring Arma back and then put whoever you saved on the practice squad next week when rosters are more set. And that's typically, that's what also could happen. So the initial 53 is going to be fluid. So you could have, and you remember in the past, it would be you'd have this cutdown day and then, um, you know, then you're getting ready for a game. So now you have a week and a half to get ready for a game. So that also leads more time for roster moves. So it's really the Wednesday before the game when the roster is set for the opener, basically. And so, like, if you're on the roster on next a week from Wednesday, you're in good shape. So that's where a guy, but that's where Arma could be your fourth tight end, fourth running back, because he's kind of a hybrid. So that that would be. But otherwise, yes, it'd be Logan Thomas. Um, uh, uh, Cole Turner, and then John Bates. Talking with John Keim. You can hear the John Keim Report Sundays, 10 a.m. here on 1061 ESPN. Follow him on Twitter at John underscore Keim. All right, let's go on the field. Obviously, in the grand scheme of things, going undefeated doesn't mean anything. It doesn't guarantee anything. But what do you think having that happen means to the team? Is there an extra air about it? Like, is it, What do you think it meant that they did not lose during the preseason? Um. The last time they went undefeated in the preseason, they went three and thirteen. So, you know, you just—I don't—I but having said that, it's a different situation. I get it, and I think what they're hoping is that it's um, indicative of some signs of growth. I don't put a lot of stock in you know because like if they had gone zero and three, but their starters look really good, well, I'd rather see that because you know your starters may back us, and you and if your backups. If your third and fourth stringers blow a lead, okay, you know those guys aren't going to be around anyway. But if your starters are doing well, that's what you want to see. So, you know, I, I, I don't. I mean, I know like Ron Rivera says, winning begets winning, but you know, it's preseason. Like, I don't. I think it's more what did you see that matters more. Like, if they had if they had gone three and zero, but Sam Howell looked really bad, then it doesn't matter. But that wasn't the case. You know, I'd rather see Sam Howell look sharp or whatever and then you don't care about the record so i think they're trying to turn it into something but it's not like the players are sitting there being all wild by it they understand obviously how had his ups and downs how do you kind of overall grade him for the preseason knowing that there weren't a lot of snaps against the first team guys yeah i think with him it's really about growth and i think he has grown and i think one thing that you see from this summer and even the preseason games and this is not meant to be a backhanded compliment, but he's not going to be bad. Okay. It's the question is at what point can he, how good can he be? And at what point does he get to that level? Can he get there this year? Can he, you know, can he, how effective can he be this year for them? That's what I don't know because there's so many new parts of that offense on the offensive line, the coordinator, et cetera, that that's all tied in and that's all going to help the enemy fail or succeed. So, but I do think what I like, even for example, even the Ravens game, they did not face the starters, the starting defense. 
on the one two-minute drive at the end of the half, they had a lot of third stringers in. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. However, what I like from him was the decision. So he's presented with a situation, a scenario, or a scene. He still has to execute it. And, you know, whether you're facing starters or backups, and it's a tight window throw, you've still got to make the throw, and he did. He has, still has to make the, the right decision, and he did. And you have to show you can move the pocket, and he did. So, you know, I think if Baltimore had played their starting def- defensive line, it's going to impact the offensive line more. You know what I mean? I know it's going to put more pressure on them, but you can have a clean pocket against starters or backups. You've still got to, you still have to execute, and he did. So, there's, so while it wasn't against starters, it was a nice job by him. And also, I think what they were encouraged by wasn't just the game. It's what he showed during practices against them as well. And that's what he showed against their starters. So, you know, I think it's, I think he showed signs of growth. And I think he has some good traits. And, I, I you know, I again, I don't know how good he'll be because I think it's – you just don't know. And we've seen guys come through here before. But I'll be, I think going into the season, I feel better about – the quarterback situation that I have probably since Alex Smith's first year here, you know, I think there's more reason for belief that this kid can at least get to a certain level. Let's wrap up here talking with John Keim of uh, ESPN. The John Keim Report is on Sundays at uh, 10 a.m. here on 106.1 ESPN. How do you think the running back uh, breakdown is going to be? Is Brian Robinson going to be just the the three downs guy and Antonio Gibson will be in on third down? Or do you think we're going to see a lot of both of them? I think we'll see sometimes we'll see you'll see we'll see both of them sometimes on the same on the field together. But Brian Robinson has, has looked good this summer, catches the ball well, so he can. He only caught I think it was nine passes last year. I would expect that to increase. He does a nice job in that. Um, you know, I think he's still working as a pass protector, which is key. But um, I think he'll. I think it gives him the ability to be on the field more. Gibson will be the third down back, and he can help you as a runner as well, of course. But I also think they'll try and get Chris Rodriguez some touches. And I think if he's going to get some touches, it would be more like, let's say, you know, if he comes, if Robinson needs a breather, does Rodriguez come in for that series and Gibson stays as third down back? Or does he, you know, and so that's what I, and I don't know that for sure. I do know how much they like Rodriguez. I do know they feel like he catches the ball well, and he does. So I think they'd want to get him some touches. Um, so I, that will affect Antonio. But they, but Antonio does have a role. I mean, he will be the third down back, and they definitely want to get him the ball in space because he's 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 got good size and he's got speed. So you know, I, I just <clears throat> I don't know. It's really hard to know how it's going to unfold because we just don't know. But I know that Robinsons look good, and I know that he can help in the pass game as well. The John Kime Report, Sundays at 10 a.m. here on 106.1 ESPN. Follow him on Twitter at John underscore Kime. John, we always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Thanks. All right. Uh, that is John Kime of ESPN. Um, if I was the commanders, I'm probably, I might even, I might keep seven wide receivers. I might. But then again, as, as we talked about, you know, every team's got that intriguing wide receiver who's probably good enough to play, but not good enough to make the roster. But yeah, the easiest one's tight end. It's one of the best tight end rooms in the in the league. Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner. You're, there's very few places where you can go three deep on a tight end. So the commanders might have the best tight end room in the league. And then, of course, yes, we're 
probably looking at four running backs if they, you know, if they count Arma five. But Jonathan Williams, I'm guessing, is going to make the roster. You you know, there's a lot of years where the cuts come easy for the commanders. It's like, oh, this is, you know, it's very simple. And there's like one or two decisions they have to make. That's not necessarily the case this this year. There are some guys that might get cut who are pretty good. And that's a nice step in the direction, too. But see, John wasn't very convinced about them going undefeated meaning anything. Because he's right. If if they go three and out, if they go zero and three, and Sam Howell looks like the greatest quarterback in the NFL, that's what matters. To be clear, I like what I'm seeing because of the offensive plays they're calling, not because they went undefeated. Oh, I understand. And yes, there's a competent offensive coordinator. So yeah, that's great. I um I just the record doesn't mean anything. Also, John also liked uh, Rodriguez, who I think is going to also get a lot of playing time. Yeah, but I don't know how much. If I'm them, I I, I don't want to give him a lot of meaningful time when you've got two a you know number ones ahead of him. Like if Chris Rodriguez fumbles in a crucial spot when you could have given the ball to Gibson or you could have given the ball to Brian Robinson, that's not good. So like I I get it. I want to give him the ball, but like I don't know. I want Gibson and Robinson to have the ball. I hear you. If this team becomes more of a passing team and Hal does really good more for the passing and all that other stuff, he will play more, Rodriguez. Oh, yeah. Which will be a frustrating thing for fantasy football owners because I'm very interested in Antonio Gibson. But if he's going to lose catches to Chris Rod- Chris Rodriguez, that's that's going to be frustrating. You don't want to draft that. Uh, 3270888, that is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 is the area code. It was very weird. We took a power hit here, but yet n- the TV went off, and I think the air conditioning's off. But everything else is on, unless I'm talking to nobody, which is, which is fine anyway. I don't think I am. I think this is actually going out somewhere. Yeah, it's going out. I checked. So there you go. But we took some sort of weird power hit because now the TV's not working, which was frustrating. Uh, let's take a timeout. Coming up, uh, we'll get a little bit into uh, the Cowboys getting Trey Lance. Not a terrible move, but I think it's going to affect Dak. We'll get into that a little bit as well as some college football stuff. Taking up to 6 o'clock. Week one of college football officially upon us. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN.